everyone. Welcome to another week of Nucleus Investment Insights. Uh, this week, we want to have a bit of a dig through the reporting season, which has kicked off uh, in the last few weeks and just sort of have a uh, have a run through some of the companies, what we're seeing, uh, talking about what you know, companies are, are, are talking about. And um, you know, we've titled it a, a, tale, a tale of triumph amongst turmoil. Hasn't been a lot on the on the earnings front to be uh, excited about, uh, but there's there's been some pretty big share price movements. And so... Um, uh, yeah, it's sort of a little bit of a disconnect. Uh, just want to remind everyone that uh, nothing you hear today is personal advice. Uh, everything is general in nature. Uh, if you do want some personal advice, uh, give us a call, book in a meeting, and we can have somebody to uh, to chat about your particular needs. Uh, um, but with that said, we will jump straight in and um, start looking at at what's happening on the on the earnings front. So uh, I'm going to try and sort of separate this into uh, a couple of different parts. Uh, first of all, the, the sort of a quick overview of, of uh, from, from the top down about what's happening. Uh, then I want to dig into the Magnificent Seven. That's where most of the share price increases have been and just talk about some of those stocks individually. Uh, and then we'll dig on to uh, some, of the, uh, some of the other sectors, what we're seeing in some of the other sectors and, and what we might be able to um, you know, gain, uh, I guess, glean from what the early reporters have been talking about uh, and, and whether that's going to start affecting other companies as as time goes on. Uh, so uh, I'm going to jump back to start with the um, uh, this slide we, we, we show quite often, which is just a look at uh, forward earnings. So the red line is is like a rolling 12-month forward, sort of lo- always looking 12-month forward at, what, at what's going on. And then the blue lines are the individual years and what's happening with that. So the second last sort of blue line from the right, um, and for anyone listening in, we're basically looking at at a, at a blue line that, that sort of went up for a bit, and then and this is 2023 forecasts, and then fell quite uh, significantly right throughout um, late 2022 and, and into 2023. And then once it hit sort of mid mid last year, it basically stopped and, and just stayed there for the rest of the the rest of the year. So we saw considerable downgrades, and then then it stopped. Um, and we've seen, uh, and basically, 2023 numbers were were in line with 2022. So so actual earnings really haven't gone anywhere yet. Um, this is all about the forecast. So we've seen, um, we can see that red line rising quite rapidly. Uh, so so forecast earnings, 12 month forecast earnings have been going up significantly. But that's been because uh, 2024 forecasts have been so um, uh, optimistic, and and now we're starting to get you know now now we've got um, uh, you know ten and a bit months, ten and almost just under eleven months worth of 2024, and, and starting to look at 2025, and and, and earnings are really um, uh, quite quite optim- even more optimistic for for 2025. So I'll um, I'll jump in though you know pretty quickly into the uh, the other factor I, I want to talk about is uh, share price performance, uh, and in particular, what's sort of working. What are the what are the elements that have been working with this reporting season? Now, I've got a couple of different um, charts up, just sort of showing different style, what we call style factors. And so, uh, I've spoken of, in the past about the different quantitative um, uh, ways you can try and and dice uh, dice up the market and look at which stocks are going to perform when. And what we're seeing very much is that uh, you're following to this reporting season and and following on from from uh, January is that quality stocks are the ones that are outperforming and and so they're the ones that have got high margins um, that have got um, what you call a moat uh, they're they're ones where analyst expectations are, are, are managing to hold up or increase and what we're seeing at, at the other end of the scale is um, 
the, the some of the smaller companies and, uh, and and the cheaper stocks, so what you call value stocks, are the ones that are under underperforming, and that's that's true both in in the US and Europe. And the reason why for that, uh, you know, as, as I've you know, spoken a few times about on on prior podcasts, is that uh, this is sort of how we're trying to organize our portfolio at the moment is is trying to get as much quality as you can. So they're the stocks where we've seen uh, inflation run up, and you've seen that. Uh, yeah, most companies have managed to to increase their uh, their their sales and then increase their prices, and now we're looking for the companies that are going to be able to hold on to that. So what you notice is that um, uh, the value stocks tend to be the ones that are more uh, commodity like, and so they might be selling say tires or cars or, or something like that where there's lots of competition. And uh, if one player comes out and starts trying to um, cut prices, they all have to follow because otherwise they they lose a lot of market share. Whereas the quality ones are more companies like in Microsofts and, and and ones like that where they've got a price and really they're they're not really affected by by what others are doing out there and and, and they don't look at their market and go well if I cut my price I can pick up all this extra market share so um, yeah so those quality companies and that's certainly what's been um, working so far in this reporting season and that's where um, you know, we, we're we're expecting that to continue and so um, uh, yeah that's certainly where we're trying to position our portfolios is away from the value stocks and, and more into the quality stocks at, at this point in the cycle. There'll be there'll be time for value, but but yeah, typically it's not um as you're seeing falling inflation. So the other thing um uh, I want to come back to is is looking a bit more specifically at the numbers. And so I've got a chart up now showing um where we were uh in 31st of December in terms of uh what people were expecting for the fourth quarter numbers. And then where we are today. So, so not a lot of change. So, uh, you know, there's we've we've come in at um, about about a percent lower than than what um, uh, expectations were were a month and a half ago. So, so nothing too uh, nothing too dramatic. The we'll note that the um, magnificent seven really haven't changed. It's been um, it's sort of been a tale of, of two parts. Uh, that, ma- that magnificent seven really haven't changed much in terms of their their earnings forecast. We've seen actually a fair bit in terms of Japan. Some of that's a currency translation, but but um, uh, yeah, Japan has been a uh, a relative outperformer in terms of earnings uh, for this reporting season. Uh, and then pretty much everywhere else has seen earnings down. And so, um, uh, and, and I guess I, I should also take that step back just to talk a little bit about how I, I tend to look at reporting seasons. You, you see a a lot comes out in terms of whether companies are beating their their forecasts. Um, to me, that's a bit of a uh, yeah, yeah, that that number is is a made up number. So what will typically happen is companies might be forecasting say whatever you know, hundred they had a hundred dollars last year. They're, they're forecasting they're going to earn a hundred and five dollars this year. And then they get to thirty first of, of December, and they've, they've pretty much got all the numbers. They know what they've done. They can look at their numbers, and and they'll they'll come out and start, quite often put some guidance to the market, whether explicitly or 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 to you know, it might have been in sort of general conversation with analysts in terms of sort of the conversations around. Wow, your your numbers look really high, you know, that type of thing. And, and analysts sort of can read between the lines and, and cut their numbers back. Um, and and so what you see is at one hundred and five gets drifts down to one hundred and two. Um, sometimes they might even come out with an announcement and talk about, you know, they're, they're, they're going to come in, come in with numbers like that. And then on the day, rather than 102, they, they actually come in with, with 103. And then that's called a beat, despite the fact that, um, you know, a month and a half earlier, 
numbers were significantly higher. So so there's a whole game that gets played in terms of the numbers, and and I just find that the the beats and misses is is just it's too um uh, there's too much too much game playing and too much too too many you know redefinitions of numbers and all that type of stuff to take much much heart from it. Uh, there is more in terms of the forecast, so that that's what I tend to look at um, as a much stronger indicator. Is saying, well, you know, a company might come out and explain how great it's been and how it's beaten its forecast, but if if everyone's downgrading their their forecast for the next uh, year or two years, then that wasn't a good result. And that's where the uh, the next chart um, comes into more into um, uh, into play. So this is uh, now what we what was expected for the first quarter earnings and um, uh, I've broken it up again sort of by region and split out that that um, Magnificent 7. So now what we've seen is, is a, a pretty reasonable downgrades to, to uh, the numbers. There was, um, uh, a month and a half ago, we were expecting uh, or analysts were expecting a bit over 3% earnings growth and, and now it's below zero uh, for, for first quarter earnings. The, we've actually seen some upgrades in terms of the the uh, the tech companies. So the um, uh, that that magnificent seven has has seen earnings. You know they're expecting higher earnings now, but everywhere else, um, pretty much has has gone and, and and seen some quite significant downgrades. And, and in particular, the US excluding that big seven has gone from you know adding one and a half or a bit over one and a half percent to 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 world growth to now deducting from world growth. And so, um, and that's, you know, we've spoken numerous times on this podcast about uh, the issues with 2024 earnings and that, um, you know, they have to come down along, along exactly those lines that, you know, the big, the big seven might hold up, um, uh, but other companies within the, uh, within the market are going to see downgrades. And that's, that's exactly what we've seen so far. Uh, and, and even more so when we're looking at the, uh, the 2024 numbers. So, so big downgrades, um, we've sort of, at one stage there, I've got it just before, um, I've got it at 31st of December just to sort of match up where analysts were expecting nine, a bit over 9% growth, 9.5% growth. Uh, yeah, you don't have to go much further back again and you, you're over 10% growth that, that was expected for 2024 and, and now that's down um, to, to just under 6%. Um, and uh, yeah, so so we've said it's pretty reasonable downgrades to, to 2024 numbers, which is sort of the... Um, uh, that's the paradox in terms of we've seen markets quite strong. Um, so so you know in terms of uh, prices, but the earnings is um, uh, you know x that that magnificent seven has been uh, has been quite weak. Um, and you know I'm sort of in a way um, I'm surprised it hasn't had more attention at this point. Uh, you know potentially as we as it keeps going and we see further downgrades that that will be the case. But um, yeah, the the margin the market's largely been looking through uh, any of the um, any of the problems at the moment. The only other thing I'd, I'd worth noting as well, twenty twenty five earnings. Uh, so depends on how you look at it. So so that's starting to become a factor now. So so uh, there's about twelve percent forecast at the moment for twenty twenty five, and that's um, that's actually increased over the over the the growth rate has increased um, from uh, from. 31 December, so so it's gone from you know 10.8% to 12% growth uh, forecast. Now this is one of those weird ones I've spoken about a few times again, where uh, what happens is 
analysts downgrade their 2024 numbers. So they said they, they roll into the, the, this, finally got their 2023 and they, they have a look at that. And then they start having a bit more of a look at 2024 and go, oh, oh they're not going to, they're not going to make that. And so they've downgraded their, their 2024 numbers by say 5%. And then they've downgraded their, um, 2025 numbers by 3%. Uh, and the net effect is, um, Yes, 2025 numbers have come down, but the growth rate between 2020, uh, because you've you pulled down that that uh, that middle year in the 2024 by more than what you pulled down the later one. That the, the the implied growth rate that you sort of put into your numbers um, uh, has actually increased, and that's that uh, that paradox that sort of pops into these things, and, and that'll go away in a in a few months' time. But but it's it's quite common to see that um, it's not sort of a sign of uh, it's not a positive sign for 2025. Uh, it, it might not necessarily, not, it's not necessarily a, a negative sign at the moment, but, it, but it's more of a sign that, um, particularly in the US, there's a, there's a real short term focus, and the later years are, are um, uh, you know, less. There's, there's much less focus on it from from analysts in, in particularly the US. A lot of that's really just about the next quarter and and, and what's happening there. So we'll go to a quick message, and then I'll uh, I want to come back and talk uh, in detail about what's going on in that that big seven. We'll be back with the investment insights very shortly. Nucleus Wealth is an active and passive investment manager. If you like what you're hearing and want some help with the investing, we can do it for you via our active portfolios. Our tactical and core portfolios use the insights shared in this podcast to construct and manage your investment. We blend tactical portfolios to offer our combinations of international shares, Australian shares, government bonds, and cash. We vary the asset allocation with the goal of protecting your capital in times of market uncertainty. We also have active international and Australian share portfolios. These are chosen using our quality and value investment philosophy. You can find out more at NucleusWealth.com. Now back to the show. Right, so the Magnificent 7 is um, made up of Apple, Microsoft, Alphabet, which is Google, um, Amazon, NVIDIA, uh, Meta, which is Facebook, and Tesla. So, um, so far, yeah, we've seen pretty, pretty reasonable price rises in, in them. So Nvidia's up, uh, 42%, uh, Meta's up 33, uh, Tesla's gone the other way down 25. Uh, and then you, I've got a, a chart to sort of here, a, a table to sort of showing as well, uh, what's been happening in terms of the earnings forecasts. So what's interesting when you look through this is, um, and I'm, I'm going to jump through each each one of these individually just to sort of talk about what what are the key themes that are sort of flowing through. So Apple um, is actually I might start I might start at the other end actually I'll start with Tesla. Um, so Tesla is is running into some earnings problems. So it's always been uh, expensive. It's uh, Tesla sort of been a um, it, it's been worth. Uh, more than every other car maker combined. Uh, most other car makers trade on very low multiples. So, you know, we have um, market, you know, price to earnings multiples of sort of 20-ish times and and most of the car makers are below 10. So they're sort of half as, you know, half the price of the market and, and, and often on single digit um, price to earnings ratios. Uh, Tesla's sort of priced on on 60 times next year's and, uh, and 43 times the year after that. Um, the issue in terms of Tesla is uh, they've got to get, keep getting that growth. And then in the last couple of uh, uh, quarters, they haven't. Their actually growth has been going backwards. Uh, there's some pretty reasonable price wars breaking out in in, in China in particular uh, on uh, electric vehicles. 
and they look like they're they're going to um, spread to other countries. Uh, you've got Europe looking at putting on tariffs from from cars produced in China because of um, because of dumping and 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 government subsidies. Uh, you've got issues with the, the Europe, uh, sorry, the US putting uh, tariffs as well. Um, there's a sort of there's a lot of moving parts within that sector. Now, uh, electric vehicles themselves have actually been growing pretty quickly. Um, it's it's one of the you might read a lot of articles and see see a few things around at the moment about um, overstocking and how um, car they, car yards can't get rid of them. They've got too many. Uh, cancel orders, all this type of stuff like that. And 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 I'll, and I'll, and some of that at face value, you'd look and go, oh, um, yeah, EVs aren't going well. And this is a part about it's trying to um, work out expectations versus um, versus actual results. So actual sales of um, of electric vehicles are up a lot. There's a lot of countries where they're up fifty odd percent. Um, the issue is car companies were factoring in 60 or 80% growth. And so they'd, they'd stocked with all these extra cars and now they've got all these these extra electric vehicles. Um, and so uh, there still is strong growth in that in that market, but it's a question about expectations and how many other companies are now trying to um, trying to force their way into that market. And that's that's sort of been Tesla's main issue. Um, I guess the, 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 the question for them you know, coming out of this is is you know issues with China um, you know, between China and the US is, is obviously cropping up and and um, starting to flow through to other companies. Tesla's managed to avoid that. So uh, if you if you're positive on Tesla, you sort of got to, got to assume they're going to keep managing to avoid those pitfalls. Um, you got to you got to make some assumptions that they haven't got X growth. This is just a blip, and that you're actually going to see some some really significant growth coming out of Tesla going forward. Um, the issue with that is that because I, I guess if you looked at Tesla and said uh, they're just another car company, um, that's it. They've, they've, they've had their growth. They've got they've picked up their market share. They're going to keep you know going to keep growing, but their margins are going to shrink now as everyone else tries to make EVs and and they're going to come back to sort of a more normal, look uh, more more like one of the other cars companies. Well, the other car companies, um, you know, even if you assume that they get you know, another 30, 40% growth into, into the, into a few, over the next couple of years. And then they settle down. Um, if you put them on a, on the, the type of multiple you see on other car companies, the share price is still going to be bad down about 70% from where you are today. So um, you need to make sure that if, you know, if you're keen on Tesla and, 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 and a holder and, and or want to buy it, um, it's, it's definitely the company you need to be looking at the current earnings and, and, and the weakness in the earnings, and, and assuming this is just a blip and it's about to take off again, um, you know, it's not not a stock that sits in our portfolios. Um, I, I'm certainly positive on the growth of electric vehicles. Um, at just the, given the prices you pay for Tesla and and um, uh, how it sits in the rest of the market, is you've got to have, you've got to have some pretty um, aggressive assumptions uh, behind it. Uh, and the other thing with with Tesla as well is uh, you know that. In terms of driverless cars, um, they're they're actually probably further behind than than what many might think. That they, they Tesla looks to have the best um, driver assist systems out there, but some of the worst uh, actual you know full um, uh, full driving uh, within their cars. And so what that and and the, and the issue though as well is it, there's a little bit of a catch twenty two in there. Is if you do think uh, driverless cars are going to take off, then Chances are we're actually going to need a lot less cars. Uh, you know, most driverless. The, the expectation is driverless cars will sort of run as taxis, and and you know that you know whereas the average car does sort of ten to fifteen thousand kilometers a year, 
you know, the average driverless car is going to do more like, you know, 80 or, or 100,000 um, kilometers a year as it sort of drives around all the time. The issue for that for that is, you know, every for every driverless car that's doing, you know, 80,000 kilometer, that's that's going to replace, you know, six odd cars. Um, uh, and they just literally won't need to make. Uh, and so, yeah, there's going to be those issues with that. Uh, if you look at Apple sort of falls a little bit into this same sort of path. So, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, relatively expensive as well. Uh, particularly where since from where it's been trading at over the last few years, it's, it's been trading much more in a market multiple and, uh, we've seen earnings downgrades coming through for 2024 price hasn't been particularly strong. Uh, there's bans within China about, uh, who can use Apple products, um, particularly in government organizations. Uh, there's a, um, yeah, it's certainly, it's, it's looking expensive and, uh, there's, there doesn't look to be a lot of growth coming out of it and certainly not in, in the way of upgrades. Uh, Alphabet, we, um, they actually had a, a pretty pretty negative result. Um, uh, surprised a lot of people on the downside, and 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 the price fell quite significantly. It's actually the price is actually still up over the last um, over the last month and a half, and um, and earnings have actually up been up. We've seen earnings upgrades um, as as a, as a net result to twenty twenty four. It's not particularly expensive. It sort of trades on about a market multiple, maybe a little bit below a market multiple. Um, uh, and then the question for them, you know, very much, uh, is, is, you know, can they keep getting, uh, are they now so big that, um, actually, let me take one step back for the last 10 years or so, uh, there's been this immense push of advertising revenue from traditional media sources, uh, into online. And so what that's meant is that, uh, Google and, and Facebook as well have managed to grow, um, their, their earnings without seeing a lot of the cyclicality that you typically see in, in that whole advertising sector. And within that advertising sector, um, if you look at traditional media companies, it, it gets, uh, they, they, it's a very much a boom bust sector. When things are going well, people throw lots more money into advertising. When things are going poorly, it's very easy to cut your advertising budget, um, much harder to fire people or, or to close down offices or things like that. But whereas an advertising budget, you know, can, can, can turn on a dime. And so typically you see uh, media companies and and, what, and uh, companies relying on advertisers for revenues having very volatile and, and very cyclical earnings. Now, um, the question with, with Google and Facebook is, is whether they're going to start seeing more um, cyclical earnings just as they get bigger and bigger and they, and more, you know, the, the, the internet, um, uh, they stop, they stop having that rising tide of, of, of as much revenue coming across from from offline onto online every every quarter that's sort of helping them along. Um, Meta was a was a booming result. Um you know, significant upgrades. Uh it looks a little bit more expensive than than um Google, sort of ten percent more expensive, say. Uh, uh but we've seen some significant upgrades, so twelve percent earnings upgrades and then the price was up you know roughly about a third from the start of the year. The issue with um Meta is that they're spending a lot of money on a um, uh, on the metaverse. There, there's this huge spend where they're they're spending uh, billions and billions of dollars and getting absolutely no return for it. And so Meta's really this question about saying, well, how much um, do you think of the earnings that they're doing? How much of it? Um, how, how much should you take into account that metaverse? So if you just said, okay, that metaverse is worth. I'm going to value that separately. I'm going to take its earnings and, and, and stick it somewhere else. 
and I'm just going to look at what's left within within um, uh, Meta, is that you could get the price earnings from a you know a, a 10 15 percent premium to the to the market. Um, it would go down to a to a thirty percent discount, so it would be trading on sort of fourteen times earnings if, if you cut out that that spend that they're spending on on the metaverse. So that sort of core business of of, of um, selling ads to people on Instagram and and um, and Facebook is, is very very cheap. Um, the uh, then this question about how do you, how much do you value the, the, the that that part of it? And so um, yeah, came in with some some relatively uh, some some good numbers there. Uh, the other one we saw. Tell me with good numbers was was uh, Amazon. So it looks like the AWS part of that Amazon, which is a, the cloud computing. Um, so so actually I should take one more step back as well. Uh, Amazon's this this company that's um, that really sits in in three parts. So what you've got is you've got an international part of Amazon, uh, which basically doesn't make any money and hasn't has pretty much never made any money. Um, it makes lots of sales, so you know I think it's sort of 100 billion plus a quarter in terms of sales, um, but uh, sorry, per annum in, in sales, but it it's um, uh, just doesn't make any profit. Then you have the uh, you have the retail part, so the the the, the biggest re- it, it, within sorry, you have the same Amazon website, Amazon retail website within the US. Now that varies between not profitable at all. And very profitable. Um, uh, its latest results, its margins were actually well above what you see. It's gone. It's gone from having margins below what you, in most of their competitors in terms of your WalMarts and 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 those types of companies and Costco's to miles above. And um, there's this real, you know, it's always been sitting on this part about saying, uh, what's the right, what's the right margin for this company in the long term. Are they going to be own, able to own really high margins, or actually, do they need to keep their margins really low? Otherwise, they're going to lose business to to to, to competitors. And so, um, the last sort of uh, quarter or two, we've actually really seen some expansion in the margins. And then the question now will be very much, you know, did they go back to shrinking their margins in order to get more growth, or or is this a new, um, you know, into a new sort of paradigm of of, of higher margins? And then the final part um, of that business, and then sorry, in terms of talking about the margins, often in the past the margins have been below one percent. So they might be doing three hundred billion worth of sales, but they're making below one percent of that as a, um, as a as an actual profit. And so, and now, uh, and the traditional, you know, your traditional competitors make more like two percent, two to three percent in terms of the um, in terms of the margins. And so, will they go to there, or will they go to where they did for the last quarter or two, which is much higher than that again? Um, and that's that's the real sort of question, sort of feeding back onto onto Amazon, um, and then they've got this rocket ship um, of AWS, which is the cloud computing, and that does fifty percent plus margins. It's been growing at fifteen percent, fifteen to twenty percent um, per annum every year for the last few years. Uh, it had a bit of a tough year last year, but it it looks like in the last couple of results that that seems to be resolving itself, and, and that's why we've seen Amazon. Sort of up, so so Amazon looks expensive, but um, uh, yeah, it really comes back to this question on the margins of whether they can hold on to those. Uh, and then finally, um, Nvidia. I'm oh, sorry, actually, I should talk Microsoft first. Microsoft um, solid earnings upgrades. Um, it's expensive, but uh, one of the highest quality stocks in the market. Uh, well, it's got great exposure to AI. It's got great exposure to cloud computing. Um, the biggest problem, really, with it is is, is that some of these sectors it's got like AI and, and cloud computing 
um, uh, are great and are seeing great earnings growth. They're just really small as a factor of the overall company. So yes, they might be you know, growing the, these things at 20, 30, or you know, maybe 100% in the, um, in the uh, AI space. But the problem is the company is so big that they, they, just, that they just need, um, that just doesn't make as, as much impact on the overall company. And so, um, yeah, so very high quality company, but yeah, really looking, really looking expensive or starting to look expensive. And, um, it's just, it's now down to the question of how much you want to pay up for that, that, um, for that quality that you're getting, uh, and, and the exposure to those, those growth areas. Uh, and then your final one, NVIDIA. Now NVIDIA is interesting in that, uh, you know, the price shot up 40 odd percent, um, since the start of the year, earnings growth actually hasn't changed. So, sorry. Earnings, their their absolute earnings targets for for 2024 haven't changed. Now, it's a um, yeah, it's it's there's it's sort of, there's some moving targets here. So every year as we get closer, they've got this, this massive growth sort of factored into their 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 earnings numbers now. And so if you look back over say the last four or five years, we're looking at earnings numbers going to be sort of seven or seven to ten times higher than their, their traditional earnings. So earnings are uh, earnings are rocketing up, and every year that goes past and every quarter is is way better than the prior one. So you're seeing this great growth come through. But what we didn't see over the last couple of months was any increase to those forecasts. So that might still come, uh, but. Yeah, for the moment, uh, those forecasts have sort of stayed where they stayed where they are. So the question then comes back to, um, you know, what again? What's the right multiple to pay for this company? If they're going to keep ninety percent plus market share in their in their chosen space, and if that space is going to grow at, at leaps and bounds, then um, uh, they're looking they they probably look maybe fairly valued. Um, the question for me is, uh, you know. They could maybe not get a ninety percent share. They might end up with a sixty percent market share, and and then they start looking quite expensive um, from where, from where they are today. And then possibly as well, the growth might slow a little bit, or will likely slow. I think in, in this is is a second part in, within uh, that sector. And then the final part is it's a bit of a, it's a it's a nasty industry. It's a it's an industry where you, the people buying from you, and in particular the data centers really don't care that much about brands and they don't there's not a lot of loyalty it's you're as good as your latest chip and if your chip um is no longer the one that's the uh the most popular and the fastest or or even if it's not even the you know it's a mixture between price and and and, and speed so you know they've got this premium price to get to pay at the moment but if um one of their many competitors comes up with a chip that's uh 30 slower than theirs but 50 percent cheaper then uh, yeah, a lot of data centers will look upon that and 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 um, yeah, as 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 a uh, yeah as a viable um, competitor, or or at least use that in order to drag the pricing down for Nvidia's uh, for Nvidia's chips. And so yeah, so for Nvidia, um, fantastic price growth, uh, but and and every year or every every day that goes past, we're one we're one day closer to these. Um, massive earnings um, that we're seeing, sort of, and that we're seeing coming down the line within Nvidia, but there haven't been upgrades over the last little while. So, um, yeah, that potentially that that price uh, jump we've seen um, is a is a little more uh, reacting to uh, the the actual numbers coming through, and 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 less about things improving and getting better over time. 
We'll be back again shortly. If you like what you're hearing but want a low-cost passive option, Nucleus Wealth is the first to offer passive direct indexing in Australia. The first generation of passive investing was index funds. The next gen was ETFs. Now direct indexing is here with significantly more customization and control. The benefit of direct indexing is you can add or subtract investment themes and we have almost 100 different options to choose from. For example, you could buy an international share direct index portfolio that excludes fossil fuels and arms manufacturers and has a tilt towards cybersecurity and cloud computing. Alternatively, you could buy a portfolio with no screens and an extra exposure to nuclear power and defense contractors. You can find out more at NucleusWealth.com. Now back to the show. Right, so what else is going on? Um, so there's, there's, as I said, it's sort of dominated by downgrades. There really have not been that many upgrades uh, to 2024 numbers. Uh, so, and significant downgrades for a lot of sectors, you know, down 15% plus for, for a wide range of, of companies. Now, some of the ones uh, I think are probably worth uh, hitting on is uh, the energy sector, um, in particular, has been been we've seen some significant downgrades in that. So prices have, have obviously been weaker, um, lower uh, energy prices, lower gas prices, particularly in um, in the US, or and certain assumptions that people are making. And so, uh, yeah, so energy um, earnings down a lot. Autos has been pretty mixed. Uh, there's been a couple of ones with with quite with significant upgrades actually, um, but the auto sector more generally we've seen some 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 significant downgrades. And um, and that sort of flows through into the the semiconductor space as well. So semiconductors, um, you know, mixed. I, I think you'd find ones that are sort of more general. Ones like uh, like Intel um, had a tough, very tough quarter. Uh, a lot of the ones that that are focused on cars um, and and chips that are sort of going into into that markets are seeing downgrades. Lots of downgrades within that area. The ones more focused on phones and and um, uh, and chips into phones has sort of been okay. Uh, a little bit of downgrades, but nothing. Uh, or, you know, a little bit of downgrades, a little bit of upgrades. There's sort of nothing too dramatic within that the the the, the general sort of semiconductors that are supplying through to to uh, to the phone market. Uh, and then the ones do to the AI market generally up a little. Um, uh, but yeah, sort of a, a, a very mixed market in terms of the in terms of the semiconductors, really depending upon where the uh, the main focus of of, of each company is. Uh, luxury goods was in a bunch of different luxury goods companies with uh, significant downgrades to their earnings. Um, uh, some of the, the um, uh, in, within the healthcare part and and particularly the uh, the insurance part. This the U.S. insurance part of the healthcare market, which is quite a large sector. Um, we've seen some some relatively positive results from a couple of them, and then one of the major players, uh, Humana, um, uh, had a big downgrade and and, and a lot of uh, warnings within that. And, and so this sort of raises some weird questions for the rest rest of the sector. It's still trying to still trying to work out whether that's a something specific about that company. Um, in the past, they've been pretty good, and and they do, and they are talking about um, a lot of these, a lot of their issues as being sector wide issues. Um, but yeah, there's a so so we've got some question marks on on some of the other companies within that sector. Uh, I spoke a little bit about luxury goods being down. Um, uh, the transports are, are, are generally weak, uh, especially a lot of the trucking companies and and some of those early reporters we've seen those come in weak. Uh, uh, UPS came in uh, with, with some quite disappointing results. They're, they're often seen as a bit of a bellwether for the uh, 
for the goods sector. We've still got the, the their competitors though, Deutsche and uh, or DHL and um, uh, and FedEx to come through. So you know, keeping an eye on on that. But um, yeah, there's with a, with a lot of these, it's, it's sometimes you, you see one company come out with a quite a poor result, and um, and then the other companies in the sector be, be fine. And so it's sort of you know, obviously more of an indication that there's there's specific issues at one company. But you know, what we're trying to do very much is is see whether we can draw uh, assumptions through from from these into into other sectors. And at the moment, as I said, um, you know, just the number of downgrades um, versus a rising market is is the most surprising sort of factor I'd, I'd talk about coming out of this reporting season. Uh, and and um, it sort of raises these issues that. Uh, you know what is the market doing in terms of well, how's how's the market looking at these earnings and what's its what's sort of the the future um uh your future path for it so you know that sort of uh, fades into our question of the week you know can the market keep uh, ignoring these falling earnings and I guess uh, that's uh, you know something for for people to have a, a comment in the in the notes uh, in the sorry in, in the YouTube comments um uh about that. The issue for me, and this to me is going to be the, the key issue for for twenty twenty four. I where we're looking at falling uh, inflation, by and large, the companies that have more positive outlooks, or certainly the ones that had more positive outlooks last year, you know, the the, the commentary tended to be, you know, we've managed to get this certain sales growth. We're really noticed, and but we've had all these costs come through as well. Now we're really noticing the costs is easing up. And we think that costs are going to, you know, be flat or, or might even fall a little bit, um, and we'll get our sales growth through, and 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 then we'll, you know, we're going to grow our earnings. That was that was what we're hearing, you know, as a broad brush from a lot of companies last year, and that was the the part where uh, there's a cognitive dissonance there, where you're like, well, your costs are somebody else's revenues. Every company's costs is is is, is another company's revenues, and so if they're all if it, if no if um, you can't have every company with with keeping costs down, and, but but managing to grow revenues and, and growing their their sales. And so um, it, it it sort of seemed to us that you would, that would actually then flow through into um, uh, lower earnings, which is what we're seeing now. Uh, the the thing is, we're not seeing the market react to that. Now, can we see a situation where over the next, you know, I, I think we're going to see weak earnings and, and probably negative earnings this year. Um, maybe it'll be offset by some of the 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 some some of the big biggest stocks, but but maybe not. Uh, and at some stages, though, over the next three or four years, uh, there's probably quite quite reasonable growth in terms of a number of these um, productivity factors really starting to flow through into companies. And uh, you know, we go through some you know, downturn at the moment and harder you know, higher inflation rates, and then you'll come out the other side of that, and you probably see some pretty reasonable earnings growth coming out of, out the other side of that. Now, if markets are going to keep looking through that sort of downturn in earnings, um, then you know, maybe we can see markets headed sideways for a while. Uh, but it's certainly, um, uh, yeah, it's certainly interesting that we've seen some some pretty reasonable downgrades, uh, and um, without seeing much sort of effect on that broader market. So the question for me is: Well, will will there just be the weight of downgrades as we see keep seeing company after company after company? Um, it's been smoothed a little bit because companies have been coming in with sort of you know, results that aren't that aren't that bad. So they're sort of like basically saying, "Yeah, last fourth quarter was was roughly what I told you it was going to be. First quarter is going to be much lower, and the whole year is going to be much lower than what we what we otherwise thought." 
But um, uh, yeah, markets have sort of largely looked through that. And so uh, the question for me is, will we get this? Eventually, the weight of, of, of downgrade will then uh, see the market fall. Uh, or, or maybe it's just a, it'll look through this, the market will just get more and more and more expensive, and then eventually earnings will start to recover. And, and um, uh, you know, at that point, maybe we can see some some further upside into into uh, earnings. So uh, that's the key key factor to be looking. You know, I would have expected, you know, knocking 5% off, off 2024 growth would have been enough to, to at least um, see the markets retreat a little. Uh, but it hasn't so far, and uh, that's what we're going to be watching uh, into the uh, into the coming months. So yeah, so jump on uh, on the YouTube channel if you want to have a, uh, a talk, uh, yeah, put your thoughts about those market uh, about those earnings. Uh, it's if you're looking to get uh, more nucleus wealth content, uh, we're on a whole bunch of different um, uh, platforms. You can get our videos and our uh, podcasts on most of the major platforms um you know google podcast apple podcast spotify youtube um most of the minor ones as well uh we're semi-active on some of the social media and um uh yeah we, if you head to nucleus wealth slash content you can get more information from us um and with that i'll wind it up and uh we'll be seeing everyone next week thanks <laughs>